Anything Combat with Johnny K. Well, it's Anything Combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K. Today, we're joined by a middleweight fighter, the first middleweight fighter I've ever interviewed. He's a Bellator veteran, um, Dana White Contender Series veteran, UFC veteran. Please welcome Maki Patolo, Coconut Bombs. How are you, Maki? I'm doing good, my brother. Let's go. Can you tell us about your upcoming fight? Do you have any news on that? At the moment, no. Just waiting for it to get locked in. I'm trying to get on that September 8th card, uh, the game bread, bare knuckle MMA. Uh, no, outside of that, just keeping my options open. Whatever my management can lock down, I'm looking to get there. <clears throat> I saw on your Instagram, you broke your hand. Is that the worst injury you've ever gotten, or have you gotten uh, worse injuries? Um, by far, that was the worst injury I ever had. Shit happens when you're going through a fight. That happened, and I just had to roll with the punches, and I still tried to give my best to try and finish the fight because I felt like I had the capabilities to do that until I got Kimura with on the broken hand side. What did, what actually happened to it? Why was it so bad? Was it just a normal breakage, or was it far worse? Uh, so my the middle finger, my metacarpal, it broke right in half. It was a, it was it was a bad break. I have a pin going through it now. Um, you can see it's it's healed up. It's healed up great. It's uh I didn't do anything for like three months and then just the past three months I've been getting after it putting putting everything back together again and and uh and getting back to full training. Do you feel any like uh is it inhibited in any regard? Like can you feel any pain when you punch? No, no, I've I've been uh taking it to the max on the bag work and sparring and that's felt great. I just make sure I wrap up now and I make sure I, I tape it up a little extra. And uh, it's been holding over, but it's been great. I have, I felt, I felt, I feel nothing when I'm when I'm striking. So it's, I, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to bat. I'm ready to strike. I'm ready to do it. Take it to where I need to go. There's heaps of Hawaiian fighters right now, and I love BJ Penn. I love Max Holloway. I actually really like Punahele Soriano. I was just wondering, what Hawaiian fighters have had an impact on your career? Um, for the most part, when I first started. My home gym back home was Westwall MMA, and that was with Yancy Medeiros. He's he's my brother. He's had a big, big impact on where I'm at now and the type of mindset that I'm able to carry over. He's 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 been my mentor for a good chunk of my MMA career. And then I I got to link up with Max Holloway. I started training with him a little later. Me and him actually started around the same time kickboxing. Uh, he started way before me, but I I still remember like yesterday, standing in the back getting ready to go out before my kickboxing fight, my first kickboxing fight. And Max is right there, a young buck, probably about a good one, walking around at 145 at that time, maybe even lighter. Um, and me and him just, we that's how we, we met each other through the through the fighting scene in, at home. And uh, I never got to train with him until a couple years later. And then when he started taking off and going through his UFC fame and being a champion, um, I was with him through all of that as well at our gym, Gracie Technics, Honolulu. Um, so Max and Yancey has had a big impact on my life and in my in my MMA career. And now that I'm here in, in Las Vegas, I would say the, the guys that have the most influence on me right now through the Hawaii culture is Brad Tavares and my boy Puna. Dan Ige as well, he's, he's getting after it. Um, I would say more so Brad Tavares, though. He's the general of the Hawaii boys up here. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's a wonderful story, man. I want to ask you about uh, Yancey Medeiros versus Alex Oliveira. What did you think about that fight? That's one of my personal favorite fights. I was there. It was it was a barn burner, bro. It was crazy. It was crazy. That, 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 what, was the, what was the crowd like? It was epic. I would put it that way. It was epic. 
it was epic. And that to put on a fight like that and just go toe to toe with the man, live and die by the sword, bro. And Yancy came out on top of that one, and that was that was a great showing. Um, he showed his mana out there. He showed he should he's always showing Aloha spirit. Um, he he got it done though. He got the job done in there crazy fight a really underrated one i want to ask you on your instagram you do a whole bunch of water training when did you start doing this and uh what have you found what benefits have you found from doing it so i started doing it's called deep end fitness and it's basically underwater strength and conditioning tying together as you know strength and conditioning it, it takes a little bit of everything through your um through muscle workouts gaining strength and then endurance muscle endurance and conditioning the the cardiovascular workouts now we add in the water you have to learn to hold your breath, um, basically hypoxic training. And hypoxic training is learning to work out with minimum amounts, minimum amounts of oxygen inside of the body. And that's where you have to learn how to be present and utilize your mental fortitude, build mental fortitude, and then utilize your mental aspects on how can I get jobs done, little tasks and little workouts done with the amount of energy, the, the amount of air that I just took in because we're working out underneath the water. And that brings brings together the mental side and the physical side, and in turn, you have to be present. So taking away um, from deep end fitness, what I can take away from it for my aspect and my professional career, I take that I'm able to be more present when I'm performing. I can give my opponent my all, my 15 minutes I'm locked in there, 25 minutes I'm locked in there. You can best believe that that opponent is going to get all 15 minutes of me right there and right then because I'm going to be present as present as they come. I'm going to enjoy the moment. I'm going to be ready for any opportunity I can to stop the fight and win the fight. And I'm going to see myself out of every bad situation because I've thought this over and I'm, I'm there. I'm all there. So the water promotes that. Deep end fitness promotes that. And then two, I'm able to put on the best performances possible because my performance mindset is now enhanced on being present and being all there. And I, I don't have no worries. I don't have anything else. I call it, a, I call it the zero dot mindset versus the survival mindset. The survival mindset wants you to be, wants you to one, feed you doubts to be comfortable. Two, uh, how about we just don't fight? You know, how about we don't just, how about we just stop right here? This guy's pouring it on you. How about you just stop right here and be good with it? No, no, no. The zero dot mindset closes it all, all those tabs, helps you be present, helps you be right here, right now. And you're on a number scale. You're on four levels. The mindset is one. We're at three levels. The breath work is two. The recovery and the skill set is three and four. As long as you can close out all those tabs and check those off, you're at that zero-out mindset, which essentially is the zero-out, the, the flow state. People people know it as. So I put that up against the survival mindset. Survival mindset doesn't want any of that. It just wants you to lose or take the easy way out. For me, I've been able to apply the zero-out mindset in everything that I do. And my training, my my lifestyle, my, my, uh, my fighting has all gone up and risen to a level that it's indescribable, bro. I, I feel like that's why I want to... I want to get this out to as much people as possible here in Las Vegas. And it's it's going to take them. Everybody has their own experience inside of the water. And it's going to take them from where they're at to the very next level that they want to be at. And maybe even to a higher level that they never even thought they had. So uh, Deep End Fitness is definitely something new, but something that everybody else, everybody needs in their life. I've never heard of the how calculated someone was about their water training. So that's really impressive, bro. And if that's true, which I truly believe it is, dude, people need to do that. I spoke to Sadi Boo C from uh, Extreme Couture. And what a lovely guy. What a great dude. I was just wondering, what do you think about the team at Extreme Couture and uh, how they helped you? Listen, it's the best. 
it's it's probably it's, it is the best gym on, on in the world right now. We got elite fighters, elite coaches, um, the mindset and the mantra around around the community in in extreme couture MMA is that even the weakest link will get strengthened by everybody there because everybody wants the best for everybody, which in turn promotes growth unlike any other. So you can even bet that our weakest guy is going to be a hell of a strong fighter and a hell, hell of, hell of hard to beat. What do you think about Robert Whittaker's performance against uh, Drickus Duplessis? Drickus with the upset. What do you, you're a middleweight fighter. What do you see Drickus doing to Israel Adesanya? Um, it was it was a cool fight for one. Robbie, I, I was going, I was rooting for Rob, um, but to see Driscus pull up the upset like that, bro, it was it was it was a it was a wake up call for the middleweight division. Um, and for Adesanya, I mean, he obviously was already mentally focused on manifesting that, and he did. So we, I'm excited to see what 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 goes down when that when that fight does happen. It'll be an exciting fight. Do you think Driscus can strike with Adesanya? I don't think he, I don't think he can, but we'll have to see, you know. <laughs> In your opinion, um, what is the biggest win of your career? Um, I would say my biggest win to date was I have two of them. One of the first one is when I secured my UFC contract in my contender series fight, and then my second is my only win in the UFC. <laughs> so I, those two are are my two biggest wins. Um, Outside of that, I consider all my wins great. I love them. I, I love all my finishes. I love all my wins. Wh whatever win it is, I, I love them. Um, but I'm looking to always outperform my last my last performance. Do you see yourself going back? If the opportunity arises, you can best believe you'll see my name in the UFC roster. Good man, good man. Since the start of your career, how have you seen the growth in MMA? It's been tremendous. With this, uh, MMA is the new sport. You know, so I, I can I see it uh, growing even more than where it's at now, and we've seen it as fans and as uh, as competitors in the sport. We've seen countless countless guys that come in, like the McGregors, like the Israel Adesanya's, and those guys evolve the sport even more and change the sport even greater. So uh, I feel like there's a ton more to grow, bro. There's a there's there's a lot more roof to get to. How did you get the nickname Coconut Bombs? At first, it just started as a cool IG name. But as I started fighting, it obviously just started resonating with my fighting style and the way, the, the way I fight. I love to push the action. I love to have action fights. I'm not one to just go in there and hold and just chill from start to finish, you know? So uh, that's, that's actually how it got started. I wanted a cool Instagram name, a cool handle. And then it just started sticking with the way I fight, and it, it took off. I, I took it, and I just ran with it. I'm like, all right, this is my name. This is this is my fighting name right here. I love it. It's a little bit of that island feel to it, a little bit of the poly feel to it, and it, it represents exactly Maki Pitolo. You got coconut bombs right there. Where are you from in Hawaii? I'm from Waianae, Hawaii. So I'm from Oahu. The island should, Oahu. should I go there for a holiday? Um... When I'm there, you go there. <laughs> you go there when the brothers is there. <laughs> In your career, who gave you the hardest fight? This could be mentally or physically. <sighs> it could be even a fight that you won. Yeah, bro. Um, all fights are tough, but 
if I have to go put one up there that was the hardest, it was um, it was a Big Island boy. It was the event was X one, and this fight is actually on YouTube. I ended up winning that fight, but it was a grueling fight. Um, the opponent's name was Coach Cobb Adams, and this was a this was a battle. This was a back and forth battle. Um, I ended up I ended up winning the fight, um, unanimous decision or split decision. I'm not too sure, but it, it's on YouTube. It's a uh, X one World Events Mocky Solo versus Coach Cobb, Coach Cobb Adams. Um, one of the only times that we had a promotion at the Aloha Stadium outside, so it was cool. It, it was a great event. Um, but going back to it, it was, bro. We 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 let our balls hang out on that fight. I think I think you can brawl like an animal. I was just wondering. People are split on bare knuckle fighting championship, and I want to ask you, what do you think about bare knuckle promotions, and would you ever fight in them? Uh, I'm trying to get on one. I'm trying to get on that game bread one on September 8th. So that'll be bare knuckle MMA. Um, and as far as I see their, the promotions, they're doing great and they're drawing a lot of attention. So they're, they're doing something right. You know, who's your favorite fighter? Um, hands down. My favorite fighter today is Chuck Liddell. Um, why is it Chuck Liddell? The Iceman, he brings it all, bro. He 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 knocks old out, and he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop until the ref brings him off. Um, since I can remember watching UFC, he's been one, he's he's probably the guy that I always watch to hype me up and get me going when I when I feel like I need a little bit of push. He's my go-to guy to always watch, and I and I like watching him. I've learned a lot from him as well as far as uh, sprawling and brawling. How'd you get your start in MMA? Can you tell us your journey? Um, so my journey was I originally started doing uh, kickboxing just to lose some weight on the off-seasons of football. And slowly but surely, I started falling in love with it and starting to love the journey. Um, I had my first fight when I was 17, on my sev- the day after my 17th birthday. Um, and from there on, bro, it just it just skyrocketed. It, it, was, it grew on me, and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I stopped playing football in high school. I started pursuing um, kickboxing, knowing that kickboxing would sooner or later lead me into um, MMA. And this is all off of seeing the beginning fights of UFC. And then what really sealed the deal was watching uh, Forrest Griffin versus Stephen Bonner. That's where it just like, my mind just was like, what the heck? This is legit. There's people actually doing this right here, right now. This is what I want to do. This is the only thing I can see myself doing from here on out. And, bro, for the for 10 years, I just chased the dream. I just kept chasing it and pursuing MMA and making sure that everything that I was doing was going to align with it. And uh, God was watching out for me. He he, he aligned me just, just where I needed to be at the exact times. My path was not clear cut. I had a, I call it a roller coaster career. I, I fought the who's who's. I've, I've done my time. I've had my ups and downs. But essentially, I ended up getting to the UFC through grit and hard work and that never give up attitude. That's so interesting because I read your Wikipedia and it did say that you spoke about that Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin fight. And out of all the fighters that I've spoken to with all my interviews, there is a large consensus that they said that they decided to become an MMA fighter and to go to the UFC after watching that fight. Can you believe that? I believe that, bro. 
that that is the seal the deal fight for any normal Joe that's watching. And if they want to see what UFC or MMA is all about, here, watch this fight, bro. Just just watch this fight, and I'll be back. <laughs> What's your mentality going into the cage? Um, first of all, it's it's kill or be killed for me, and then two. What's the easiest, cleanest way I can come out of that fight with a dub? What's the sure win? Okay, this guy doesn't have ground game. Let me go with the ground. Oh, this guy doesn't have striking. Let me let me take him out on the stand-up. So uh, kill or be killed. And then what's the easiest, clean kill that I can go in there and come out with the win? What's your training regimen like right now? Um, so a lot of people ask me that. That's funny. Um, training is a lifestyle, bro. I wake up. I own two businesses that are surrounded by around strength and conditioning and martial arts. My first business is CBZ's Fitness Club, where I run strength and conditioning, and I also run striking uh, that's applicable to MMA and kickboxing and boxing. And then it's also it also promotes um, self defense and helps people with uh, helps people with their self esteem, help grow help grow them out of that that nutshell that they're in, gives them some confidence to walk with their chest a little higher, you know. And then two, deep end fitness, which is underwater strength and conditioning. And I went over uh, a little bit of that earlier in the interview. So those two are the two businesses that I own right now. And then I also am a professional athlete at, at that. So I fit in my own training as well as training other people and, and helping guide them to seek their higher self. Um, so training, when, I, when people ask me what I do and how I train, bro, training is a lifestyle for me. I'm a martial artist. Um, so... Training is no thing. I don't have a set schedule. I wake up and I just get after it. How many hours do you put in a day? In a day, I'm. you can bet I'm there for at least 46 hours. Full on, full on. What are your biggest lifts right now? You spoke about strength and conditioning. Uh, how much weight can you pull? Um, benching, benching, I just go to 225. Deadlifting, around 350, 400. Because that's all the weight that I have in my gym right now. And then squatting, five. What was your squat? About 305. Dude, dude, these lifts are abnormal. Dude, you got that Hawaiian strength. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but when you meet me, bro, and you see my legs, you'll know. <laughs> How much weight do you cut then? If if Are you are you huge for middleweight or, or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm walk, I walk around normally if I'm not training and not doing anything and I'm just teaching classes. Easy 215. And I'm walking around right at the moment right now. I woke up this morning at 207. I'm... I'm cutting down. I'm watching what I'm doing. I'm trying to get back in good, good fighting shape. And uh, my management knows I, I just want to be ready for any opportunity that comes up. What advice would you give to upcoming fighters? One, enjoy the journey. Don't take everything for granted. And then two, train smart, not harder. What do you think about that Francis Ngannou-Tyson Fury match? Do you think it's bullshit or do you think they're actually going to get after it? I think they're going to get after it, and I hope they do, because that's going to be an exciting fight. Dude, I don't believe that they've put the belt on the line. I believe it's a pro exhibition, and that they, if they if they win, it will go on their records. But I don't think that the WBC Boxing Championship, Heavyweight Championship's on the line. How do you um, feel about that? That's good. I mean, uh, that's that's only right, unless they, they're going to take it up a notch and make it a little legit. Actually, now that you said, uh, they should make it a legit boxing fight. Because they're going to go legit boxing, they're going to do their boxing, and then they're probably going to go into the MMA world where it will count as well. You know, So if it's counting on the boxing, which they should, they should count it on the MMA side as well. Do you think Francis Ngannou won that whole situation against the UFC? 
because now I believe he's guaranteed eight million USD for just stepping into the ring, not even winning. Look at that. That's a W in my in my eyes. And he's standing up for the better. He's standing up for the better fighters in the future. Um, in the future, I hope that more people see it in his in his view that we as fighters are what make the promotion and not the promotion that make the fighters. You spoke before about your style being the sprawl and brawl style that everybody loves. Has your style changed over the years? And if so, how has it? Um, I still feel like I bring that that striking that striking action to the fights. I'm just a little bit more technical at when it comes down to the grappling exchanges or even the the clinch exchanges my game's still been growing i've still been getting better so this next fight you guys will see it it'll be it'll be a great fight what's your favorite travel destinations when you're not going for holiday in hawaii <laughs> i like how you did that not hawaii <laughs> um honestly bro i don't even try i don't really travel a lot um but i'm here in the ninth island in las vegas so i'm pretty content we're here where i'm at but if I had to travel and go somewhere, it'd probably be like just to sightsee, probably the cities or something, wherever, you know, or maybe even outside in the in the, the mountaintops, go hiking or whatnot. What are your short-term to long-term goals? I meaning like for your long-term goals, maybe as a coach, where do you see yourself in your career from like the latter part, like going to, you know, 38, 45? Well, where do you see your career going there? Um. So this is for everybody out there, my, my fans, my fan base, and everybody that, that follows me has, has been following me. Um, I got nothing but love for you, but uh, my professional fighting career is going to be done by the time I'm 36. So on my 36th birthday, I'm going to hang the gloves up. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be focusing more on still being around the sport, um, focusing on one, my coaching, and two, my businesses. One of my bigger goals in life is to be able to own a successful strength and conditioning business on land and in water to help guide people to seek their higher self physically and mentally. You've fought all over the place. Which promotion would you say uh, had the most expedient um, process for weigh-in and fight? What do you think was the smoothest process out of all those promotions? Um, UFC is the gold standard. You know, I've never had any hiccups or anything with them. So they're number one. They're up there. Um, Bellator, EFC, Eagle FC, they're up there as well. They're they're super efficient. Everything goes smoothly. Um, yeah, bro, those, those three are up there. They, they, they hold the gold standard up there. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Marky, for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up the podcast? Um, yeah, guys, follow my social media platform, coconut underscore bombs with a Z. Um, outside of that, I got two businesses, CBZ's Fitness Club. You can go ahead and follow that. And DEF underscore Vegas, Deep End Fitness Las Vegas is the chapter that I also run out here. So whenever any of you guys are up here in Las Vegas, you mentioned this podcast, I'll give you 10% off. Or even if you're coming for the Deep End Fitness class, you mentioned this podcast, you got a session on me. Follow Maki on Instagram, link in the description and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. Thanks, guys. Bye.